Welcome to the IVC podcast, The XCast, where we help brands navigate audience engagement in times of change. It's no understatement to say the pandemic has changed almost everything we know about conducting business. While this disruption has been difficult, there's a group of individuals carving out a unique space in the marketplace that will increasingly require your attention, beta buyers. These young professionals have specific expectations of brands. They want them to be technology forward, self-service, personalized, and familiar. Betas continue to grow in prominence and decision-making rights, and learning how to speak their language and understand their lifestyle is critical. As the boomers and Gen Xers age out and retire, the beta buyers will increasingly be in the bullseye of our target audience. Hello, everyone. I am Carson Bell, Associate Strategy Program Manager here at Envision, and I am joined by... Hi, everyone. I'm John Emanuel. I am the SVP of New Vertical Markets here at Envision. I'm also the general manager of our Chicago region. Before we jump in, we do need to level set. This is a conversation between two generations, myself, an iced coffee drinking, constantly texting millennial, and John... I'm a turnkey Gen Xer, so highly independent, always looking for the next alternative trend. Eh, maybe a little cynical, but I'll keep that on the download for this one. Appreciate that. Two different generations coming together to discuss the future of experiential. Isn't that poetic? But before we jump into our greater conversation, John, can you give us some background on your history in the experiential space? Yeah, sure. I've been really fortunate in my career to work both on the B2C and B2B side in a variety of verticals, mostly principally in tech, technology and gaming. And it's been really cool. And what has been fascinating is I feel like I've had the opportunity to work through a variety of eras, you know, moving originally from straight production to the emergence of event marketing through the first decade of going digital and then on to focus more on omni-channel brand experiences. And now it feels like we're entering this beta era, for like a better term that you're talking about, and dreaming up live and digital experiences that explore new frontiers such as the metaverse, I think are going to become paramount. I like that phrase, the beta era. Your background pairs perfectly. Okay, I coined it right there for you. So let's let's trademark. Let's we stop and trademark that. Yeah, we'll be right back, everyone. Um, But no, I think your background pairs perfectly with the future of experiences. You have seen them throughout the years, and you're leading the charge into the metaverse. Um, And while you may be very well-versed in that, how familiar are you with the term beta buyers? I have, you know, a level of familiarity, obviously, if we're coining an era, but I'd love it if you could explain it a bit further. Of course. So beta is traditionally a word used in the tech world, describing something in the initial phases of creation, something that is being developed, worked through, and consistently improved. It's a first shot. It's a test. Uh, Something in beta is definitely going to change. Unsurprisingly, this term is used as an acronym to describe today's young professionals, age 21 to 40, so myself included. Betas stands for blurred evolved technology and activism, and it describes how they live, work, and play. Betas capitalize on disruption and thrive in uncertainty. They have survived stock market crashes, recessions, pandemics, and they believe that this disruption leads to evolution and change. The B2B Institute conducted further research into this growing demographic and the full report working in beta the rising B2B decision maker sparked our interest in understanding and researching this influential group of individuals. 
That's right. You know, it's totally, well, you know, honestly, it's super fascinating and and wonderful, especially the whole notion of disruption leading to evolution and change. Where do you see the impact here? I I completely agree. So not only the impact I feel like we're seeing is not only is this group growing in prominence. In fact, it's projected that three years from now, 44% of the workforce will be millennials. Um, Even more importantly, we're seeing that these beta characteristics are more pronounced in younger generations. Mm. This suggests that their preferences and expectations are not going away. So we need to learn to speak their language. Mm -hmm. Coming out of a two and a half year COVID interruption, digital first experiences are increasing in the B2B space, which we both know very well. Three key areas, in fact, have accelerated this change in communication strategies, and they continue to be very important for betas to this day. So first we have technology. Betas grew up with smartphones. We operate in the cloud. And more often than not, we opt for less traditional methods of peer-to-peer interaction compared to other generations. 92% of millennials say that they carry their smartphone with them. And a quarter of those millennials report looking at their phone more than 100 times per day. So, John, just take a guess, a ballpark figure. How many times are you looking at your phone per day? (laughs) You know, that might be too much of a personal question. (laughs) I recently read that it's closer to like 300 times for the average person. Do you agree with that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, for me personally, yes, I agree with that. If I could have my phone embedded into my arm, I think I would. Um, I never want to go anywhere without it, especially because I need the GPS. Um, But that idea of, of... things being right there with you and accessible leads me right into our next key area, which is accessibility. So, I mean, how much more accessible can a phone in your arm be, right? (laughs) Totally. You can call Elon. I think he's probably working on that. (laughs) Accessibility in terms of experiences is what I'm really getting towards here. So experiences must be flexible and seamlessly available through various devices with self-service models. So betas strive to be self-sufficient researching and processing business decisions on their own. It's actually reported that 16% of millennial decision makers utilize online sources for brand research compared to older generations. Our final area is personalization. Betas expect a customized and familiar user experience. They expect brands to prove they know beta buyers as individuals And a common request from betas is to actually have these brands, quote, speak human. Interesting little caveat there Mm -hmm. compared to the technology forward, wouldn't you say? Yeah, totally. (laughs) They also want to have elements of storytelling in all of their communications, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because strategies such as this typically appear more often in the B2C space. However, they're Mm -hmm. proven uh, successful and growing in the B2B space as well. So, John, throughout our work in Envision, you've collaborated on some of the most immersive customer experiences. Can you share some of the processes of creating these events, share some rules of the road uh, for engagements to ensure that they are speaking beta? Yeah, sure. And I think it's all developing as we speak. But traditionally, we always start with a complete brand or an attendee or consumer immersion that leads to a strategic roadmap, you know, that informs our approach. And one of these and then um, we work towards seeing the big picture and bringing every touch point to a customer experience. And then as you were just talking about, we look to make it human. 
uh, affecting diverse audiences with inclusive and equitable experiences. For me personally, I also strive for differentiation. I love to play in emerging spaces that are like new and future forward. I think at rules of engagement, um, candidly, I think you kind of summed it up. I mean, we want to focus on authenticity. I work heavily in the gaming vertical. That's one of the areas I, I uh, oversee. And that's like the number one rule there. And so many of them are betas. It has to be authentic and real, or they don't even want to be bothered with it. But it needs to be purposeful uh, with it and, and create a personal connection. And then with that connection, you want to personalize that at scale with heavy involvement and interaction. As you were saying, make it about storytelling. It's so easy to make it all about data, but that overwhelms. And in terms of B2C, I think you're going to see increasingly that festival, that party, that concert player, that fan festival sort of feel. That's how uh, what we're seeing with beta is they want to be affiliated with a brand they really believe in and they want to really make it a part of their lifestyle and then go where the fans are going. So like we've been talking about making it mobile, uh, exploring a variety of different channels that the betas are looking at for their podcasts or for their training or whatever it may be. Yeah, they definitely have a tendency to go to cast a wide net as it relates to Mm -hmm. uh, where they're getting all their information from. So that's a good call out. But why do you think that this is more important now? As I said earlier, beta preferences are more pronounced in younger generations. So we know they are not going away, but how do we continue and, and keep this importance level high? I think we always want to be meeting consumers within their pre-existing and emerging communication channels, always diversifying the media and then adjusting to how consumers prefer to consume content. You know, and additionally, I think we want to consider their learning styles, you know, case in point are, you know, are you a visual or an auditory auditory learner? For example, I'm a little bit more on the auditory side, but you know, would you want to learn how to file your taxes that way? No, I think you probably want to see it more visually or maybe you would, I don't know. Not for me. Um, I That would not be helpful. <laughs> might work for me, though. But bottom line, we want to make sure we're designing and redesigning content to adjust to meet consumers where and how they learn. And also, in addition, we also want to concern, consider a location and expediency. You know, targeting building experiences using tactics to ensure that communications are received and can be act upon wherever and whenever. You know, and one example that comes to mind as I'm sort of talking through this with you, is our recent work with Sean Mendez on his Wonder album release. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rather than do a live event or what have you, we went for a virtual immersive 360 Wonderland game experience. And it met his fans in a mobile digital mode or, you know, and then it was true to his brand and message, it included a variety of exploratory and game-like experiences. And then again, all your channels covered, it was integrated with Spotify for easy point of purchase of the album. Perfectly speaking, beta hitting all of the key points: ability, um, ease of use, location, etc. But I think we kind of talk about this digital natives a little bit more complex than we would think. Correct? Yeah, and you raise an interesting point there: the idea of digital natives and considering one's uh, generation's digital expectation versus another. For example, for me, generationally, I might see digital almost as a transactional tool. But you see no divide, right? It's an extension part and parcel with all aspects of your life. And therefore, we need to recognize where younger millennials and Gen Zs are heading and meet them there versus expecting they to align with where we are now. And from that, then build dynamic campaigns with activations that can flow and change unrestricted that leverage the increasing capabilities that that do allow us to have a flow and update in real time. 
Well, I know I've seen fashion brands like Gucci and Louis Vuitton going onto Roblox, mm-hmm. spreading that awareness, meeting their customers where they are, potentially exposing themselves to new customers. Coca-Cola, even the Macy's Day Parade has started creating NFT. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even banks like Barclays are looking into the future with Metaverse and what that totally. might mean for their industry. These preferences are seeping into all forms of culture, and it just kind of continues to grow. Um, To your earlier point about incorporating into pre-existing channels, it's interesting for me, John, I feel like I'm seeing this. Um, I'm getting ads for all types of things on TikTok or on Snapchat, but I don't know if this placement in these mediums is really moving me towards a decision. Yeah, right. And that's where the final element comes into play. I mean, you've mentioned that betas greatly appreciate differentiation and personalization. And while these earlier tactics that I mentioned may aid in this, they're also creating a lot of noise. So to get rid of that noise, I think additionally, you need to respect and focus on on each niche. Um, Consumers are all into various different niches um, Mm -hmm. and tailor your differentiated communications that way. And in a B2B environment, as we were talking about earlier, you really need to embrace storytelling in much more B2C-like ways. But John, you're ensuring that when you are telling a story, it's a millennial Gen Z story, not your Gen X story, right? Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. God, my whole life, it's been boomers, millennial, boomer, millennial. So what about Gen X? But we will focus on, yes, I agree with millennial Gen Z story. And that's where it gets complicated, right? You have to immerse yourself and truly understand the unique care abouts. And that way you can speak to them. I do believe incorporating and acting on these ideas will ensure that an experience is speaking beta. We're working to meet people where they are. We're adjusting to their preferences and we're incorporating personalization, all critical elements when speaking the beta language. With these rules in mind, I say rules in quotations, let's look towards the future. So during the pandemic, beta buyers and their colleagues across generations, to be fair, across all generations, discovered new ways to find and digest content, to live their lives, and to do their jobs. And despite the well-documented yearning for connection for audiences of all ages and generations, nothing really is suggesting that the virtual audiences will return to in-person. Is that right, John? Yeah, that's correct, Carson. Throughout these past years, we've seen the reach of virtual events and their ability to engage new audiences in unique ways and see that continuing. But again, it also ties back to honoring where they are, where betas are at, on their personal vices, and get to know them more personally. People are ripe for engagement, and betas are forthright with their expectations. So we need to learn how to adjust accordingly and totally lean into it. I love that idea of forthright with their expectations. We're we're a pretty outspoken bunch, I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) There was a quote that I found while we were kind of kicking off all this research and development uh, that I think really speaks to this mindset and its implications for the future. So the quote reads... Beta C 2020 as a moment of change and want custom companies to prioritize more flexibility, invest in technology, and look towards a post-pandemic future. Other professionals view this period as a stopgap before things get back to normal. This idea of normal, can you speak to it from your perspective, John? As someone that has fully embraced technology, its benefits and difficulties, What do you see for the future of events and experiences? Well, that's a huge question. I mean, it's a bit loaded. So I'm going to focus on one area, you know, that I think I can cover. (laughs) And I think one area of focus is the coming of gaming and entertainment convergence. And this is something of a passion of mine that I follow and lead a practice that we we put a lot of effort in, in working on this. It's that, you know, the gaming influence consumer who's passionate and they're a supporter of brands 
and what they view as authentic, they're going to have a substantial influence on B2B engagement. And I mean, why do I bring this up? Well, just some, you know, off the top quick stats. I mean, there's nearly 250 million gamers in the U.S. alone. I think it's something like three and a quarter billion worldwide. Average age is 35. So right in that beta. Right in the um, Totally. Growing number, uh, a huge growing number is actually female gamers. In the U.S., they're nearly 50% and highly using mobile games. Uh, I think it's something like uh, three out of every four households. So 75% of the households have a gamer in the household and 79% of people under 22 playing mobile games. So if you think about all this together, I mean, they're going to bring some big expectations to B2B engagements to feel more like fan events versus business seminars and their expectation of digital and virtual. It's, it's already informing developing metaverse on how the avatar experience works how having your authentic self in one platform versus another, how commerce is working. I mean, I could go on and on. It's probably a different podcast that I'm going to start, but I think it's going to have a massive effect on what we're doing. Oh, completely. I mean, those numbers alone, that's a huge chunk of an audience to be able to get yeah. to engage with your event. So it makes total sense to me. But additionally, as it relates to engaging this beta audience, we want to get their views. We want to have conversation with them. Do you believe that this new approach, this leaning into more traditional B2C tactics, technology front and center, do you believe this is achievable and sustainable? Well, I don't think there is a choice that it's sustainable. I think it has to happen. So for a brand to succeed with beta, it's an expectation. If we don't embrace this as B2B engagement architects, we risk our message being lost in the noise and simply ignored. Wow. That's definitely not what we want, but I think that. (laughs) All this information that we've gone through is enough of a backing to get you forward, help you speak beta. John, I can't thank you enough for joining me. Your perspective has been greatly appreciated. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. You heard it here first, folks. Two generations coming (laughs) together to learn to speak a new language. Whether it is to make a business decision, make personal purchases online, or experience music and art, Beta buyers want to feel understood and recognized by the brands they interact with. They want brands to know them personally and anticipate their needs and problems before they bubble to the surface. Learning a new language is always complicated, but beta is one to invest time and energy in. If you're a beta buyer or out there trying to learn more about beta buyers, their expectations and preferences, we'd love to hear from you. Does this resonate? How are you speaking beta today and tomorrow? Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to tune in for the next IVC podcast episode coming soon.